Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 2, Texts 23 through 29. Text 23. The transcendental Lord is indirectly associated with the three modes of material nature, namely passion, goodness, and ignorance. And just for the material world's creation, maintenance, and destruction, he accepts the three qualitative forms of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Of these three, all living beings can derive ultimate benefit from Vishnu, the form of the quality of goodness. Purport by Srila Prabhupada That Lord Sri Krishna, by his plenary parts, should be rendered devotional service, as explained above, is confirmed by this statement. Lord Sri Krishna and all his plenary parts are Vishnu Tattva, or the Lordship of Godhead. From Sri Krishna, the next manifestation is Baladev. From Baladev is Sankarshan. From Sankarshan is Narayan. And from Narayan, there is a second Sankarshan. And from this Sankarshan, the Vishnu Purusha avatars. The Vishnu, or the deity of the quality of goodness in the material world, is the Purusha avatar known as Kshirodakshai Vishnu, or Paramatma. Brahma is the deity of Rajas, passion, and Shiva of ignorance. They are the three departmental heads of the three qualities of this material world. Creation is made possible by Brahma's quality of passion and his endeavor. It is maintained by the goodness of Vishnu. And when it requires to be destroyed, Lord Shiva does it by the Tandava Nritya. The materialists and foolish human beings worship Brahma and Shiva respectively. But the pure transcendentalists worship the form of goodness, Vishnu, in his various forms. Vishnu is manifested by his millions and billions of integrated forms and separated forms. The integrated forms are called Godhead, and the separated forms are called the living entities, or the jivas. Both the jivas and Godhead have their original spiritual forms. Jivas are sometimes subjected to the control of the material energy. But the Vishnu forms are always controllers of this energy. When Vishnu, the personality of Godhead, appears in the material world, he comes to deliver the conditioned living beings who are under the material energy. Such living beings appear in the material world with intentions of being lords, and thus they become entrapped by the three modes of nature. As such, the living entities have to change their material coverings for undergoing different terms of imprisonment. The prison house of the material world is created by Brahma under the instruction of the Personality of Godhead. And at the conclusion of a kalpa, the whole thing is destroyed by Shiva. But as far as maintenance of the prison house is concerned, it is done by Vishnu as much as the state prison house is maintained by the state. Anyone, therefore, who wishes to get out of this prison house of material existence, which is full of miseries like the repetition of birth, death, disease, and old age, must please Lord Vishnu for such liberation. Lord Vishnu is worshipped by devotional service only. 
and if anyone has to continue prison life in the material world, he may ask for relative facilities for temporary relief from the different demigods like Shiva, Brahma, Indra, and Varuna. No demigod, however, can release the imprisoned living being from the condition of material existence. This can be done only by Vishnu. Therefore, the ultimate benefit may be derived from Vishnu, the personality of Godhead. Text 24 Firewood is better than raw wood, and fire is even better, for fire is the soul of Vedic sacrifice. Similarly, passion, rajas, is better than ignorance, tamas. But goodness, sattva, is best, because by goodness one can come to realize the absolute truth, Brahman. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. As explained above, one can get release from the conditioned life of material existence by devotional service to the personality of Godhead. It is further comprehended herein that one has to rise to the platform of the mode of goodness, sattva, so that one can be eligible for the devotional service of the Lord. But if there are impediments on the progressive path, anyone even from the platform of tamas, can gradually rise to the sattva platform by the expert direction of the spiritual master. Sincere candidates must, therefore, approach an expert spiritual master for such a progressive march. And the bona fide expert spiritual master is competent to direct a disciple from any stage of life, tamas, rajas, or sattva. It is a mistake, therefore, to consider that worship of any quality or any form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is equally beneficial. Except Vishnu, all separated forms are manifested under the conditions of material energy, and therefore the forms of material energy cannot help anyone rise to the platform of sattva, which alone can liberate a person from material bondage. The uncivilized state of life, or the life of lower animals, is controlled by the mode of tamas. The civilized life of man, with a passion for various types of material benefits, is the stage of rajas. The rajas stage of life gives a slight clue to the realization of the absolute truth in the forms of fine sentiment in philosophy, art, and culture, with moral and ethical principles. But the mode of sattva is still a higher stage of material quality, which actually helps one in realizing the absolute truth. In other words, there is a qualitative difference between the different kinds of worshipping methods, as well as the respective results derived from the predominating deities namely Brahma, Vishnu, and Hara. Text 25 Previously, all the great sages rendered service under the personality of Godhead, Bhagavan, due to his existence above the three modes of material nature. They worshipped him to become freed from material conditions and thus derive the ultimate benefit. Whoever follows such great authorities is also eligible for liberation from the material world. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The purpose of performing religion is neither to profit by material gain, nor to get the simple knowledge of discerning matter from spirit. 
the ultimate aim of religious performances is to release oneself from material bondage and regain the life of freedom in the transcendental world where the personality of Godhead is the supreme person. Laws of religion, therefore, are directly enacted by the personality of Godhead. And except for the Mahajans, or the authorized agents of the Lord, no one knows the purpose of religion. There are twelve particular agents of the Lord who know the purpose of religion, and all of them render transcendental service unto him. Persons who desire their own good may follow these Mahajans, and thus attain the supreme benefit. Text 26. Those who are serious about liberation are certainly non-envious, and they respect all. Yet, they reject the horrible and ghastly forms of the demigods and worship only the all-blissful forms and plenary portions of Lord Vishnu. Report by Śrīla Prabhupāda. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Śrī Krishna, who is the original person of the Vishnu categories, expands himself in two different categories, namely integrated plenary portions and separated parts and parcels. The separated parts and parcels are the servitors, and the integrated plenary portions of Vishnu tattva are the worshipful objects of service. All the demigods who are empowered by the Supreme Lord are also separated parts and parcels. They do not belong to the categories of Vishnu Tattva. The Vishnu Tattvas are living beings equally as powerful as the original form of the Personality of Godhead, and they display different categories of power in consideration of different times and circumstances. The separated parts and parcels are powerful by limitation. They do not have unlimited power like the Vishnu Tattvas. Therefore, one should never classify the Vishnu Tattvas or the plenary portions of Narayan, the Personality of Godhead, in the same categories with the parts and parcels. If anyone does so, he becomes at once an offender by the name Pashandi. In the age of Kali, many foolish persons commit such unlawful offenses and equalize these two categories. The separated parts and parcels have different positions in the estimation of material powers, and some of them are like Kala Bhairava, Smashan Bhairava, Shani, Mahakali, and Chandika. These demigods are worshipped mostly by those who are in the lowest category of the mode of darkness and ignorance. Other demigods, like Brahma, Shiva, Surya, Ganesh, and many similar deities, are worshipped by men in the mode of passion, urged on by their desire for material enjoyment. But those who are actually situated in the mode of goodness, sattva-guna of material nature, worship only Vishnu tattvas, Vishnu tattvas are represented by various names and forms, such as Narayan, Damodar, Vamana, Govinda, and Adhoksaja. The qualified Brahmins worship the Vishnu tattvas, represented by the Shalagram Shila, and some of the higher castes, like the Kshatriyas and Vaishas, also generally worship the Vishnu tattvas. Highly qualified Brahmins, situated in the mode of goodness, have no grudges against the mode of worship of others. They have all respect for other demigods, even though they may look ghastly, like Kala Bhairava or Mahakali. They know very well that these horrible features of the Supreme Lord are all different servitors of the Lord under different conditions. Yet they reject the worship of both horrible and attractive features of the demigods. 
and they concentrate only on the forms of Vishnu, because they are serious about liberation from the material conditions. The demigods, even up to the stage of Brahma, the supreme of all the demigods, cannot offer liberation to anyone. Hiranyakasipu underwent severe types of penances to become eternal in life. But his worshipful deity, Brahma, could not satisfy him with such blessings. Therefore, Vishnu, and no one else, is called Muktipad, or the personality of Godhead who can bestow upon us Mukti, or liberation. The demigods, being like other living entities in the material world, are all liquidated at the time of the annihilation of the material structure. They are themselves unable to get liberation. And what to speak of giving liberation to their devotees? The demigods can award the worshippers some temporary benefit only, and not the ultimate one. It is for this reason only that candidates for liberation deliberately reject the worship of the demigods, although they have no disrespect for any of them. Text 27 Those who are in the mode of passion and ignorance worship the forefathers, other living beings, and the demigods who are in charge of cosmic activities. For they are urged by a desire to be materially benefited with women, wealth, power, and aristocratic birth. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. There is no need to worship demigods of whatsoever category if one is serious about going back to Godhead. In the Bhagavad Gita 7, 20, and 23, it is clearly said that those who are mad after material enjoyment approach the different demigods for temporary benefits, which are meant for men with a poor fund of knowledge. We should never desire to increase the depth of material enjoyment. Material enjoyment should be accepted only up to the point of the bare necessities of life, and not more or less than that. To accept more material enjoyment means to bind oneself more and more to the miseries of material existence. More wealth, more women, and false aristocracy are some of the demands of the materially disposed man because he has no information of the benefit derived from Vishnu worship. By Vishnu worship, one can derive benefit in this life as well as in the life after death. Forgetting these principles, foolish people who are after more wealth, more wives, and more children worship various demigods. The aim of life is to end the miseries of life and not to increase them. For material enjoyment, there is no need to approach the demigods. The demigods are but servants of the Lord. As such, they are duty-bound to supply necessities of life in the form of water, light, air, etc. One should work hard and worship the Supreme Lord by the fruits of one's hard labor for existence. And that should be the motto of life. One should be careful to execute occupational service with faith in God in the proper way, and that will lead one gradually to the progressive march back to Godhead. Lord Sri Krishna, when he was personally present at Vrajadam, stopped the worship of the demigod Indra, and advise the residents of Braj to worship by their business and have faith in God. Worshiping the multi-demigods for material gain is practically a perversity of religion. This sort of religious activity has been condemned in the very beginning of the Bhagavatam as Kaitava Dharma. There is only one religion in the world to be followed by one and all, and that 
is the Bhagavad Dharma, or the religion which teaches one to worship the supreme personality of Godhead and no one else. Texts 28 and 29. In the revealed scriptures, the ultimate object of knowledge is Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead. The purpose of performing sacrifice is to please him. Yoga is for realizing him. All fruitive activities are ultimately rewarded by him only. He is supreme knowledge and all severe austerities are performed to know him. Religion, or dharma, is rendering loving service unto him. He is the supreme goal of life. Purport by Srila Prabhupada That Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead, is the only object of worship is confirmed in these two shlokas. In the Vedic literature, there is the same objective, establishing one's relationship and ultimately reviving our lost loving service unto him. That is the sum and substance of the Vedas. In the Bhagavad Gita, the same theory is confirmed by the Lord in his own words. The ultimate purpose of the Vedas is to know him only. All the revealed scriptures are prepared by the Lord through his incarnation in the body of Srila Vyasadeva, just to remind the fallen souls, conditioned by material nature, of Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead. No demigod can award freedom from material bondage. That is the verdict of all the Vedic literatures. Impersonalists, who have no information of the personality of Godhead, minimize the omnipotency of the Supreme Lord and put him on equal footing with all other living beings. And for this act, such impersonalists get freedom from material bondage only with great difficulty. They can surrender unto him only after many, many births in the culture of transcendental knowledge. One may argue that the Vedic activities are based on sacrificial ceremonies, that is true. But all such sacrifices are also meant for realizing the truth about Vasudev. Another name of Vasudev is Yagya, or sacrifice. And in the Bhagavad Gita, it is clearly stated that all sacrifices and all activities are to be conducted for the satisfaction of Yagya, or Vishnu, the personality of Godhead. This is the case also with the yoga systems. Yoga means to get in touch with the Supreme Lord. The process, however, includes several bodily features, such as asana, dhyana, pranayama, and meditation. And all of them are meant for concentrating upon the localized aspect of Vasudev, represented as Paramatma. Paramatma realization is but partial realization of Vasudev. And if one is successful in that attempt, one realizes Vasudev in full. But by ill luck, most yogis are stranded by the powers of mysticism achieved through the bodily processes. Ill-fated yogis are given a chance in the next birth by being placed into the families of good Brahmins or in the families of rich merchants in order to execute the unfinished task of Vasudev realization. If such fortunate Brahmins and sons of rich men properly utilize the chance, they can easily realize Vasudev by good association with saintly persons. Unfortunately, such preferred persons are captivated again by material wealth and honor, and thus they practically forget the aim of life. This is also so for the culture of knowledge. According to Bhagavad Gita, there are 18 items in culturing knowledge. By such culture of knowledge, 
one becomes gradually prideless, devoid of vanity, nonviolent, forbearing, simple, devoted to the great spiritual master, and self-controlled. By culture of knowledge, one becomes unattached to hearth and home and becomes conscious of the miseries due to death, birth, old age, and disease. And all culture of knowledge culminates in devotional service to the personality of Godhead, Vasudeva. Therefore, Vasudeva is the ultimate aim in culturing all different branches of knowledge. Culture of knowledge leading one to the transcendental plane of meeting Vasudeva is real knowledge. Physical knowledge in its various branches is condemned in the Bhagavad Gita as agyana, or the opposite of real knowledge. The ultimate aim of physical knowledge is to satisfy the senses, which means prolongation of the terms of material existence and thereby continuance of the threefold miseries. So prolonging the miserable life of material existence is nescience. But the same physical knowledge leading to the way of spiritual understanding helps one to end the miserable life of physical existence and to begin the life of spiritual existence on the plane of Vasudev. The same applies to all kinds of austerities. Tapasya means voluntary acceptance of bodily pain to achieve some higher end of life. Ravana and Hiranyakasipu underwent a severe type of bodily torture to achieve the end of sense gratification. Sometimes modern politicians also undergo severe types of austerities to achieve some political end. This is not actually tapasya. One should accept voluntary bodily inconvenience for the sake of knowing Vasudev, because that is the way of real austerities. Otherwise, all forms of austerities are classified as modes of passion and ignorance. Passion and ignorance cannot end the miseries of life. Only the mode of goodness can mitigate the threefold miseries of life. Vasudeva and Devaki, the so-called father and mother of Lord Krishna, underwent penances to get Vasudeva as their son. Lord Sri Krishna is the father of all living beings, Bhagavad Gita 14.4. Therefore, he is the original living being of all other living beings. He is the original eternal enjoyer, amongst all other enjoyers. Therefore, no one can be his begetting father, as the ignorant may think. Lord Sri Krishna agreed to become the son of Vasudeva and Devaki, upon being pleased with their severe austerities. Therefore, if any austerities have to be done, they must be done to achieve the end of knowledge, Vasudeva. Vasudev is the original personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna. As explained before, the original personality of Godhead expands himself by innumerable forms. Such expansion of forms is made possible by his various energies. His energies are also multifarious, and his internal energies are superior and external energies inferior in quality. They are explained in the Bhagavad Gita 7, 4 through 6, as the para and the apara prakritis. So his expansions of various forms which take place via the internal energies are superior forms, whereas the expansions which take place via the external energies are inferior forms. The living entities are also his expansions, the living entities who are expanded by his internal potencies are eternally liberated persons, whereas those who are expanded in terms of the material energies are eternally conditioned souls. Therefore, all culture of knowledge, austerities, sacrifice, and activities should be aimed at changing the quality of the influence that is acting upon us. 
For the present, we are being controlled by the external energy of the Lord. And just to change the quality of the influence, we must endeavor to cultivate spiritual energy. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that those who are Mahatmas, or those whose minds have been so broadened as to be engaged in the service of Lord Krishna, are under the influence of the internal potency. And the effect is that such broad-minded living beings are constantly engaged in the service of the Lord, without deviation. That should be the aim of life. And that is the verdict of all Vedic literatures. No one should bother himself with fruitive activities or dry speculation about transcendental knowledge. Everyone should at once engage himself in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Nor should one worship different demigods who work under different hands of the Lord for creation, maintenance, or destruction of the material world. There are innumerable powerful demigods who look over the external management of this material world. They are all different assisting hands of Lord Vasudev. Even Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma are included in this list of demigods. But Lord Vishnu, or Vasudev, is always transcendentally situated. Even though he accepts the quality of goodness in the material world, he is still transcendental to all the material modes. The following example will clear that matter more explicitly. In the prison house, there are the prisoners and the managers of the prison house. Both the managers and the prisoners are bound by the laws of the king. But even though the king sometimes comes into the prison, he is not bound by the laws of the prison house. The king is therefore always transcendental to the laws of the prison house, as the Lord is always transcendental to the laws of the material world. Translation, therefore all transcendentalists have been rendering loving service with great delight to Lord Krishna, the personality of Godhead, from time immemorial, because such devotional service is enlivening to the self. So, therefore, the word is therefore. Therefore means after concluding something, that is, then we say therefore. Uh, when you talk, when you argue, when you come to the conclusion, then we say, uh, therefore, or when our argument is strong, then we say, therefore. So this therefore means that one is firmly convinced, as it is described in the previous verse, Vidyate Ridayagranti Chiddanti Sarvasangsaya. Sarvasangsaya. Sangsaya means doubtfulness. Now, uh, this morning we are talking with our scientist friend uh, whether the ultimate source of everything, first of all, the conclusion is that everything is are relatively situated here. Just like uh, a, 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 some gentleman, that he is son of another gentleman, relative. Then his father is also son of another gentleman. So our this world is relative. Uh, depending one thing upon another. Uh, nobody is uh, self-independent. This is going on. Then uh, to find out the original source of everything, that original source, whether it is sentient or insentient. But the conclusion is the original source must be sentient, because in this our uh, experience, experimental knowledge, we see something matter and something living. 
Uh, I am saying here is a, a small ant, and here is a big, big stone. The big stone is insentient. It cannot move. Uh, for millions of years, you wait whether this stone will move. You cannot see, no, it will not move. Because it is insentient. Whereas a small ant, uh, it is going, you just check, it's uh, marching, it will struggle. It will struggle this way, this way, this way. And ultimately you have to give way. This is sentient. Therefore, sentient is superior. There are two things within our experience. One, matter, not sentient, and another, sentient. So, now I am here, or sometimes I control both these things, but I am not supreme controller. But I can observe that there are two things, sentient and insentient, and I am observing. So for the time being I am superior of both the sentient and non-sentient. So the conclusion is the ultimate source of everything, ultimate knower, ultimate analyzer must be a sentient. It cannot be insentient. That is experimental knowledge. So in this way, this our Krishna consciousness movement, Bhagavad Dharma, it is not sentiment. We can explain how God created. Sometimes it is in Bible it is said, God said, let there be creation, and there was creation. But they cannot explain. Therefore, in the modern age, scientifically advanced, they do not take it. But we can explain. Our Bhagavad Dharma can explain how simply by desiring there is creation. So uh, here it is a chinnanti sarva saṃsaya. Chiddanti, chiddanti sarva saṃsaya. One by this following this Bhagavad Dharma, studying from Bhagavad, the ultimate knowledge of everything, one can become completely doubtless that God is a person, is sentient, is the supreme director, is the supreme knower, is the supreme physicist, is supreme chemist, everything supreme. Just like Krishna, lifted the mountain, Giri-varadhāri, jaya-rādhā-mādhava, kunya-vihāri, gopijana-vallava, giri-varadhāri. When there was torrents of rain, Vrindāvan was being over-flooded, and all the inhabitants became so much disturbed. They were seeing to, looking to Krishna, because they did not know anything beyond Krishna. Krishna says, yes, I am lifting this mountain. Let it be, become a big umbrella of the whole state, or whole village. The atheist will say, these are all stories. No, these are not stories. Because God is supreme, He is supreme physicist. He knows how to make this mountain weightless. He knows the art. Just like so many gigantic planets are floating in the sky, that is a fact. Now who is floating? Uh, you cannot float even a small thing in the air, but such gigantic, not only one, millions and trillions, they are floating. Who has made it possible, floating? Uh, so God can do that. Therefore he is called all-powerful, the great. So if Krishna is God, then floating 
or make this mountain weightless. Is it very difficult task for him? No. He entered the ocean. Unless he knows the physical laws, how to enter the ocean? It is technically. Now modern scientists, they are also entering by machine. They are floating by machine. That is also physical science. So if you know the physical science still more perfectly, you can float in the air without missing. You can enter within the water without missing. You can lift the mountain without missing. It is a question of perfect knowledge. So uh, here it is said that when you are actually uh, advanced in spiritual knowledge, in devotional service, then chiddanti sarva saṅśaya. Saṅśaya means doubtfulness. Sometimes, yes, then generally uh, these are stories. Krishna lifted a mountain. Uh, because atheists say, and we say, yes, maybe. Uh, but no. You must be firmly convince yourself, if you are Krishna conscious, that yes, Krishna did it. Uh, it is possible because he knew the physical science very perfectly. He knows and he he can know, he can do it uh, one thing into another. Just like an electrician, he can turn cooler into heater, heater into cooler. Because he knows the science. You cannot do. So don't study Krishna uh, thinking yourself as Krishna. That I am also Krishna. No. Uh, that is the defect. Everyone thinks that frog philosophy. Frog philosophy, he has got experience of three feet well, and he has been informed that there is Atlantic Ocean. He is simply imagining how it is possible. How it is possible. He is thinking maybe a little more, little, four feet, five feet six feet, ten feet, and as soon as ten feet he's burst. Because he has no more knowledge. But how the three feet well can be compared with the Atlantic Ocean? That he does not know. So we are thinking, we have got limited energy, creative energy, so-called scientific knowledge, so-called other knowledge, limited, because our senses are limited. And we are thinking that God may be a little bigger than me, Krishna. But as soon as it comes to the point that He, he can lift the mountain, the world, the planet, then the doubt. That is saṃśaya. But actually, if you are advancing Krishna consciousness, you must be free from all doubts. You must know perfectly well what is Krishna. So that is also possible by devotional service. Just like Krishna says in the Bhagavad-gītā, bhaktyāmāma-bhijānāti. If one wants to understand Me perfectly, Krishna cannot be understood perfectly, but still, just to drive our doubts, because we have got so many doubts. So that doubts can be also dissipated bhaktya by bhakti. How? Why not by knowledge? Because there are three ways karma, gyan, bhakti. By knowledge, scientific knowledge, Krishna cannot be known. Why bhakti? Why Krishna is prescribing bhakti? No. By knowledge, so-called knowledge, you cannot understand Krishna. Therefore the so-called scientists, they are in doubts. It is not possible. If you think that I shall speculate through knowledge, I shall understand God, that is not possible. 
We say, God is unlimited. Your knowledge is limited. How you can know God? The, how the bhaktas, they are not scientists, not educated very much. How they can know? Yes, they can know. How? Uh, that is stated in the Bhagavad Gita. Tisam satatu juktanam bhajatam priti purvakam dadami buddhi yogantam. Dadami buddhi yogantam. Tam means unto him. Whom? Bhajatang priti purvakam. Those who are engaged in devotional service with love and faith. Because God is within you. You haven't got to search out where is God. Ishara Sarvabhutana Riddantasa. We have begun this chapter. Sinatanga Sakatha Krishna Punasavana Kirtana. Sinatanga Sakatha Krishna Punasavana Kirtana. Anyone is engaged in hearing about Krishna, to whom? Through him. Not those who are sleeping. Uh, those who are actually hearing. Sinnatang. Sinnatang means hearing, not sleeping. To such person, bhajatang, priti purvakam, and engaged in devotional service, buddhi-yogaṁ I give intelligence. It doesn't require. If he's sincere, if he's actually a devotee, Krishna will help him. Guru Krishna Kripa. Guru is secondary. Another mercy of Krishna. Uh, Krishna is helping within and without. That without help is Guru. Krishna's representative. So Krishna is always ready to help us. And when Krishna is helping us, it is very easy to understand Him. Uh, therefore, uh, a devotee is beyond all doubts. Beyond all doubts. There is no doubt. Uh, not that blindly we are accepting Krishna as the Supreme Personality of No. We have got all our arguments, scientific, philosophical, anything. Then we accept Krishna. And that acceptance is nice. Uh, that is uttamadhikāri. Kanishta Adhikari, Madhama Adhikari, and Uttama Adhikari. There are three stages of devotees. Uh, lower class, middle class, and first class. The first class devotee is without any doubt. The uh, third class devotee is accepting. Is accepting, and here is God, that's all. But he has many doubts. Uh, the second class, he, although he has got doubts, he is accepting on the authority of Vedas. That is second class. And the first class, he knows perfectly well that here is God. That is the sarva-saṅśaya, chiddhanti, they're beyond all doubts. Yes, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God. Here is Krishna. In this temple, here is my Lord is standing. He has very kindly, mercifully has come to accept my service. That is first-class duty. Just like Chaitanya Mahāprabhu. As soon as he saw Jagannath in the temple, immediately felt where is my Lord? I was searching out. So there are stages. So those who are first class, here it is stated, atobai kavayo. Kavayo means first class. Atobai kavayo nityam. Perpetually, eternally. Bhaktiṁ paramayāmudā. Uh, devotional service, uh, transcendental paramaya. The devotional service for the third class devotee, the devotional service is also third class. And the 
although third class, first class, second class we are distinguishing, it is not ordinary material first class. Even in the spiritual world there is such divisions. There is the same division, just like in the light, in the sunlight, there is division. The sun sign, the sun globe, and the sun god. There are three divisions. It is not that because you are in the sun sign you know what is the sun globe or what is sun god. That is another stage. Similarly, just to become a devotee on the devotional service, there are stages. That is Kanishtadikari, Madhamadikari. So Uttamadikari, Uttamadikari in first class, he is firmly convinced Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Bodhis. Nobody can deviate. He can convert others to to understand Krishna, that he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But nobody can convert him that Krishna is not God. That is not possible. That is first class. So here it is said, Atovaikapayonitang bhakti paramayamuda basudivi bhagavati. Therefore, those who are actually in the knowledge of Krishna consciousness, science of God, they firmly fixed up in the devotional service of Krishna, Vāsudhi. Vāsudhi be Bhagavati. Then what about the third class? The third class also, if he stick to the devotional service according to the rules and regulation, Vāsudhi be Bhagavati bhakti-yoga niyajita. Niyajita means just began. Janayati āsū vairāgyam jñānaṁca jadahaitakam. Then, that devotional service to Vāsudev Krishna will gradually help him how to become vairāgya, how to become detached with material attraction, and how to acquire knowledge about Krishna. Everything will come. So for the Kanishtadikāri, we must stick to the principle, gradually everything will be revealed. Sevan Mukhi Hijivadu Samevas Puratada. In the beginning, because we have got blunt material senses, we cannot understand what is Krishna, what is Krishna's service. Atasya Krishna, what is Krishna's chanting of name? We are we are thinking that this is chanting just like we chant so many vibrations, this is also like that. We cannot understand. But if we take up all this devotional service in right earnestness to serve the law, then everything will be gradually revealed. That is required. But if we become slack in following the rules and regulations, then we remain the third class. We cannot raise ourselves to the second class, first class position. Therefore all doubts remain. This is the position. Thank you very much.